On today's program, we'll meet a young dad who is sharing custody of his four-year-old son, Sawyer, with his ex-girlfriend. Well, we know co-parenting under these circumstances can be difficult at best. But in Harrison Tinsley's case, his ex is now identifying as non-binary, and she's raising Sawyer this way too, even putting him in dresses and makeup. Harrison is fighting for his son's gender and for his innocence, and he's going to share his story with us today. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Krulitis, your host, and welcome, welcome again to the Moms America podcast. We're so glad that you join us every week. Right here at the top of the show, I always want to remind everybody to like, subscribe, and share the podcast uh, with your friends, your mamas, uh, your neighbors, your family members. Let them know about our podcast and everything we offer at Moms for America. Uh, also, if you haven't joined our movement, would you come on over here and join us here at Moms for America? Join our sisterhood. We are moms uniting all across the country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. So please check us out at momsforamerica.us. It's an amazing organization fighting for our families our kids, and our country. Also, if you have an idea or a topic for our podcast, would you please email me at podcast at momsamerica.net? I would absolutely love to hear from you. Alrighty, on to today's program. Harrison Tinsley is a young man who was very excited when he found out that his new girlfriend was pregnant. He had always wanted to be a dad, and he was relieved his girlfriend had decided to keep the baby, and together they decided on the name Sawyer. But soon, Harrison's girlfriend ended the relationship, and since that time, Harrison has had to fight to meet his son, fight to have shared custody of his son, and even worse, fight for his son to be raised as a boy. Welcome, Harrison, to the Moms America podcast. We so appreciate you taking some time out to share your story with our moms. Thank you so much for having me. I work with a lot of moms in Mom Army. Moms are amazing. Parents are amazing. Just glad to do it. It is. Um, your story is, is sad but true. Um, and this is happening to dads and moms all across the country um, in dysfunctional families where um, basically a crisis is hit uh, for these kids and how to raise them. Um, so let's start a little bit about you're a first time dad, right? Sawyer's your only child. Yeah. And you were excited from what I understand to to be a dad. This was a beautiful opportunity for you. I was so excited. And I think being a dad's the best thing you could ever be. So tell us a little bit about this relationship with your girlfriend. What's the story behind it? Where did you guys meet? You know, kind of paint the picture a little bit about the relationship because I know that you're no longer together um, now, but it, at a moment in time there, you were um, pursuing a relationship and maybe a future together. Yeah, well, I was in the Bay Area visiting my parents and I went to karaoke, I was singing songs, and I met my son's mom, I sang her a song. We started dating, and we f fell in love, and she has lots of wonderful qualities to her, of course, and essentially we never agreed politically, and that really caused a lot of divide and negativity in our relationship. Right, so you're conservative, she was more liberal, 
Um, but you kind of thought you could get past that. Yeah, exactly. So you fall in love. Now all of a sudden, um, you know, she's comes up and she says, Hey, I'm pregnant. What was your response? And where did that take you as a couple? Yeah, it was only a few months into our relationship. She told me that we were both pretty excited about it. And I was super thankful for that. We we're both just thrilled um, at the possibility of creating life. And so from there, we just kind of talked and about our future and all these things. And in the beginning, it was pretty positive for the most part. Uh, there was one incident with her where she had an event, we'll say, involving the police and stuff. But other than that, it was mostly positive. But after like three, four months, she started being super hostile towards me. Mm. Basically, it seemed at least it was based on political differences. And I was just constantly getting threatened. You're not going to see Sawyer if this or that. Basically not agreeing to her political ideas or being exactly who she wanted me to be, to be or believe what she wanted me to believe. So it started out good and then pregnancy happened and then it went bad pretty quickly. Yeah, for the most part, there was definitely big ups and downs in our relationship in general because she has some, in my opinion, severe mental illness problems. But yeah, about a third to halfway through, it started getting really bad. So now, obviously, you're attached to this baby because you know that that's your child. Um, you were excited about being a dad. Um, when you were dating, you did see some mental health issues, I guess, indications uh, that only got worse. Um, she has, um, she was raised, uh, by two, she has two gay dads. Is that right? So that her, her whole world was different than your world. She was adopted by them. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So were they supporting her and her decision, um, and kind of like going to be the, the family unit, the two dads and her, and then kind of oust you out of being a parent and a father? Is that how it started? Well, I can't speak for them. It, in the beginning, they seemed to just be kind of thrilled for both of us. Essentially, they were supportive of me as well, uh, particularly one of them who I was more close with. And I guess as she made her decision, they obviously supported their daughter. Right. So uh, did your, your relationship basically ended, correct? She said- so She breaks up with me. Okay. Yeah. And then she sends me a cease and desist letter from her or an attorney threatening me legally, essentially telling me not to talk to her mm. or her family. And then I ends up, I don't know when my son's born. I found out about one week later from social media, one of her friends reached out to me and told me. And from there, I was just figuring out what to do. And it's not a situation where I, that I was familiar with. And I filed in court two months later. He was born in December. I filed in court in February. And to establish paternity and get visitation, et cetera, it took 13 more months just to meet him for the very first time. So I didn't meet him until he was 15 months old, in spite yeah. of knowing the entire time, as you were saying, when we were dating, that she was pregnant and everything. Wow. Look at you. What a, what a admirable dad you are. Cause not that I say, you know, dad's leave or mom's leave, but you know, you had an opportunity not to be uh, involved but you only um, became stronger in your conviction to be involved. I'm sure you, your your conviction became even stronger because you were probably very and still are very concerned about his, um, I don't know if it would be safety, but just his uh, his quality of life. 
you wanted to be involved and you wanted to have a say. That was your child. That's your boy. Yeah, I, I never veered from that. Um, I always stay, felt that I had a duty as a dad to be there for my son and that he needed me and that, you know, that's what you're supposed to do as a man. Mm -hmm. And so I fought through it. Obviously, it was a hard time, but I got through it. And, you know, now I have half custody and we'll see what the future brings. But I feel very thankful that I was brave enough to pursue it. And, and by the way, there was no like child support orders or anything. So I could have gotten out technically, like you're saying, just scot free in a way. Right. You could but have it was just never going to happen. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Isn't it something though, the bond? I mean, I think sometimes we downplay the bond that dads have with their children and we think, oh, it's just the moms are carrying the child. You know, that's where the bond is, but it's not that you, dads are equally connected, even though they're not carrying the child. They just, there is something so special about that. I don't think we give the dads enough uh, credit or opportunities or do when it comes to the fact that they are so connected to their child, they know that that's their baby and, and they want a parent and it's divine. It's beyond anything. It's supernatural. It's, it's, it's God himself giving us life. So um, I think, you know, dads really don't get the, the credit that they deserve. I totally agree. It's the most meaningful, amazing thing to be a dad. And I think that I share just as strong as a bond with my son as anyone has ever. I mean, we saw us together, like the closest uh, kid-dad combo I've ever seen. It's just <laughs> incredible. I'm so thankful. And yeah, I think that we do need to emphasize that dads are just as important as moms, for sure. All right. So let's talk about this, because this is where it gets really difficult. Um, she then becomes, I gotta, I'm got i looking at my some of my notes here because I'm kind of getting past in the story. She decides that she is gender neutral, or they're just going to raise the baby gender neutral, or how does all this start working out now? And how old is the baby now? So he's... Well, I met him when he was 15 months old, right? So then I start visitation for a few months, and then I moved to the Bay Area. Okay. And there were some things that happened in some of the visitations. And I won half custody. Uh, pretty quickly, like so basically got, right when I moved there. Right. So you got custody right in the beginning, but things got weird with the gender issue. After well, no, that? it was just visitate. It was visitation, oh. and then I won half okay. custody like a few months later. Okay. Um, but by the time he's like a year and a half, I have half custody. Okay, so you you get to the point now where you're you share custody. Admirable. Uh, you want a parent, you want to be a part of Sawyer's life, obviously, in decision-making. Um, and then some things start happening um, on the way that she's deciding to to raise your son. Tell us about that. So it's around when I went half custody, she starts to claim that he's non-binary or something like that. Gender neutral, I don't know which. I don't know the difference. I don't believe in either one. Uh, there was also severe defamation of me, just the most horrendous things um, you could accuse someone of. There was an event where my son's mom was arrested for child endangerment and placed on a 5150 hold. Mm. And so between those three things and, and more details, I'm sure that I'm forgetting. I was I brought up to court that I was concerned for his safety and for his well-being, um, as well as the harassment and defamation of me. And I was granted a trial and a temporary restraining order. And yeah, and we went to this trial uh, for full custody, essentially. And I felt really good about it. You know, there was all these witnesses and all this evidence and police officers and all these things. Okay. And it just seemed like it was such a one-sided trial. And I just felt so optimistic. I'm Mr. Brightside, though, so I kind of always am that way. But okay. after the trial, you, you're the feeling good. Right, right. Yeah. 
I always do my best to see the bright side of the, the most positive um, outcome yeah. in life. But uh, yeah, so I felt good about it. And then two months later or so, the court's just like, no, we're going to keep Huffy the same. We're not saying anything about the gender stuff. They didn't side with her to their credit. They weren't like, oh, we should totally do that. They, they just said, like, we're not going to get involved in that. And, so what, so yeah. what happens in the courts now with this gender situation? If one parent decides that they're going to take the boy, raise it a girl, change the name, um, kind of reconstruct their whole sexual identity. The other parent is not on board with that, clearly, because they are going with the sex that the baby was born with and believe that. Was this a part of the discussion or was it kind of the whole, they didn't split it out? Because sometimes the courts are really just still siding with the parents and saying, well, the other parent has to, uh, they got to go along. They got to affirm. Yeah, it totally depends on your judge and your court. And I'd say your case specifically, we were more focused on the, the bigger safety concerns okay. uh, that I brought up earlier because we knew we we're in San Francisco, right? Right. But, um, it is something we brought up. Uh, with, there wasn't much counterpoint to it. And the court just decided, just in my particular instance, that they weren't going to do much. I've obviously seen plenty of examples around the country, especially yeah. California, where judges do side with the, the parent that's affirming the delusion. And they all, they even tried to pass AB 957, which they did pass. And then thankfully, uh, Newsom actually vetoed. And that oh, was goodness. basically forcing the judges to side with the affirming parent of a fake gender, which is horrifying. It's something I spoke up against just radically all the time. You know, I did as many interviews as I could. I went to the Capitol. I talked to literally the senators and assembly members, even the one that wrote the bill, to try mm -hmm. to convince them to not do that. And it was super interesting because in my particular instance, so I should clarify too, my son Sawyer, knows he's a boy completely and he, he says that over and over so even if you bought into this crazy idea that kids can choose their gender in my particular instance my son has and wants to be a boy knows he's a boy all of that not that i grant that premise it's totally insane but if you did you should still accept in my particular instance that my son totally wants to be a boy because he does so i was telling the assembly member that wrote it and stuff like would, would this still give me full custody because she's not affirming his gender because he says he's a boy and she's trying to say he's non-binary so this bill should give me full custody and that's actually interestingly part of the reason newsom vetoed it she said himself exactly because you could see how that was going to play both ways so yeah. right i say he, he he says he's a boy i say a boy his his sex is a boy he's born a boy but now you're not affirming that so we get into this whole crazy world um that gets really out of hand quickly. So thank God that that did not pass in California. Thank you for uh, fighting against that and really bringing a lot of publicity to it. Um, what are some of the things that was happening with your son with her? Um, how did you find out about this? Just pictures. The, of, okay. Yeah. Like it was social media, essentially putting a dress on, on him. On yeah. She puts, she put dresses on him a couple of times. She would post pictures with him and call him day. Um, there was times he tells me stories, right? He talks to me, he trusts me, he loves me. And like he told me as an example that they went to Disneyland. I knew they went to Disneyland. She told me that as well. Okay. And he's like, yeah, when, when I went to Disneyland, I, I couldn't go on the rides unless I wore princess shoes. I didn't want to wear princess shoes. I wanted to wear boy shoes. And I just thought that was just heartbreaking to take a kid to the happiest place in the world. And at least according to him, not letting him go on the rides unless he wears the shoes you want him to wear that are ones that embarrass them or make him feel ashamed. It's really tragic and not okay. Wow. Yeah. That just, that breaks all of our hearts as we think about that. Cause kids are so, um, they're so tender and they're so trusting and they're so 
susceptible to to everything, I guess. Protect. Thank you for protecting him so much. And all these parents that are listening, because I know that there's moms that are listening and dads are acting crazy with their kids. I mean, this is going both ways and moms and dads all across the country. Um, divided homes, uh, divided ways of even approaching their worldview um, with their children. Are you hearing this from moms and dads all across the country, similar to what, what you're going through? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm part of some groups like Our Duty and Mom Army, Dad Army. And it's just unfortunate. I just hear it more and more. It just seems to be getting more and more common. I think it's horrifying. We need to put a stop to it now. Like, this is the time to speak up and have courage. Or you can be remembered as a coward who let kids be hurt and mutilated and abused. Right. Like, the time's now. This is the time in the story to speak up. And, you know, you bring up a very, very good point. Because we know as soon as you start affirming a child or changing their their names, their pronouns, and setting this uh, new world in motion, then does come, you know, drugs, uh, mut mutilating surgeries, castration, uh, all of these things come down the road. And it's a very scary, scary world for a child to be um, catapulted into this. So it's really bigger than princess shoes. It is a whole life that you're designing or reconstructing for a child. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, Orwell couldn't even have predicted it. It's so bad. And I just think that it's one of the most important, if not the most important issue right now to fight for in America. We can't let this happen to kids. There's no other situation where you let kids, you don't affirm everything they want and do. Like you don't let them just eat candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. You know, if they say they're a pirate, you don't chop off their leg and poke one of their eyes out but you'll chop off other body parts. I mean, it's, it's total insanity. And I just, I don't understand how we got here. I mean, I do somewhat if you deconstruct it, but it's just, it's gone way too far and it needs to stop. Now there's actually a ballot initiative in California to ban all surgeries and hormones for minors to protect women's spaces like locker rooms, et cetera, and mm -hmm. to not keep any secrets from parents at school. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could pass those three, especially in California, it could really change uh, the momentum of this. I mean, yes and amen. And we're seeing bail initiatives like this across the country and legislation. What do you think is going to happen in California? Is, is California as liberal as they all say or? No. Right. This is what I hear. I live in the Bay Area. So I don't live in San Francisco. That's where my court case is. I'm more in the San Jose, Santa Cruz area. But literally everybody I know, parents especially, even if they call themselves a liberal or whatever, I don't think that matters at this point at all. Right. We should all be able to come together on protecting kids, but everyone's against it. I mean, I seriously, I guess, except excluding maybe my son's mom, I can't speak what she believes. It seems that she supports it, but everybody I know, every parent, they're all against yeah. this. I know it's totally insane. A lot of people are scared to speak up, sure, but they still don't believe in this stuff, not even for a little bit. Why they continue to vote the way they do, I'm not sure, but, but no one's for this. It's absolutely insane. I know. It is insane. Um, what... Um... What advice do you give to parents that may be listening right now, whether it's a mom or a dad in a similar situation? Um, what would you tell them? I mean, obviously don't give up. Obviously you love your kids as much as you can, but what are some of the steps? Where do you start? What do you do? Be brave is the, the number one thing to do. Yeah. You have to have courage. You have to, you have a duty to your kid. You have to do everything you can. You have to unfortunately make sacrifices that could be very unpleasant or hard, but you're going to have to do it because it's 
your responsibility as a parent. It'll be well worth it when you're older and look back on it, as opposed to being a coward. You will never forgive yourself for that, but you will be very thankful that you actually did the right thing and you'll feel it deep inside your soul and your chest and you need to do the right thing. The time's now. This is where, where it all turns around if we all just speak up. Right. And I think, and I'm sure you agree with this too, it is at the moment that this starts happening, and I've talked a lot on the subject on the gender crisis in America, uh, from Grossman to January Littlejohn, all these situations, whether it's a two, a three, a five, a eight, a 10, a 15-year-old, whatever it is, you've got to get in there right at the beginning of this attack. You cannot say, well, let me just affirm uh, their new gender, or it's okay if we let them do this, or it's temporary. No. Everyone that I talked to, and I just would like to get your advice on this, is you got to come in strong at the front end of this and start fighting this uh, agenda at the very beginning if it's coming into your home, let alone like your child. Well, I can say for my particular instance, at least my son, I've always let him know that he's a boy, you know, and that we're yeah. both boys and we'll always be boys and nothing could ever change that. And you can see how well it's worked for me. I mean, my son now will literally scream at you because he actually has kind of like longish hair like mine. <laughs> so if some, like there's a few times where people have called him girl, he'll just scream at you. I'm a boy, not a girl. Like he is 100% aware that he's a boy and there's no fluctuation in that whatsoever. I know that he's even had fights with his mom because she's messaged me a bunch of wild messages about it. And so I just think, and that's just a perfect example. You know, I was reinforcing it just from the very beginning and, and not super crazy, you know, I just, just told him the truth. And it's right. so apparent to kids the truth. He literally can tell you with 100% accuracy, every person, if they're a boy or girl. Right. Even if it's a cartoon, even if they're trying to be transgender or whatever, he still knows what the, their real gender or sex is. It's total nonsense. Kids can see right through it. And they're only buying into it because they're being convinced that by their parents or they're trying to receive love from them that they're not receiving unless they go along with it. Right. So where are we now with Sawyer? How how is he doing? You get to see him fifty percent of the time. What what's your goals? What are your plans with with your son? Sawyer's amazing. He just turned four. Yay! Uh, we're in Lake Tahoe right now. It's a lot of fun. We've been snowboarding. He's a great snowboarder already, which is awesome. Are you and... kidding me? At four, <laughs> <No>. that's fun. <laughs> well, so I spent I have my half custody right for two plus years, right, and I've just spent all of that custody time with him. I'm not working when I have him. I'm just literally with him doing things. So he's excelled in a lot of ways. He's very advanced, um, like literally in every way. It's awesome. And as far as me, I'm attempting to get full custody of him through a variety of different routes, including appealing that child decision that I brought up that I was so confident about because I don't believe that the correct decision was rendered. I don't believe a fair trial was given. And so I'm appealing that. And just doing everything I can to protect Sawyer and be with him as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Well, good for you. And it is a big financial, along with strength and wisdom and power from on high fighting for your kids. It is a big financial um, strain on people because you are in court continually. Um, what does this run and what did you do to to fund this? Well, I've been very fortunate. I had a couple of pro bono attorneys help me in the beginning and I'm super thankful oh, for that. Right. And then I've spent, um, you know, my money on it, way too much money. I won't get into exacts, but just, you know, just my life savings essentially. And anyone in family court understands how much attorneys can be. I think it's really sad. Yeah. And I've been really fortunate that the Daily Wire broke my story and 
I've raised some money to help fund attorneys, uh, but they just, the money gets eaten up really quick, unfortunately, with constant um, court hearings and the appeal and everything. And yeah, yeah but I'm going to fight for Sawyer no matter what, even if I had to represent myself. So I'm just going to keep fighting and do what I can. So Daily Wire broke your story. How did they get a hold of your story? One of the journalists reached out to me and was interested in it. And I spoke to them quite a lot, gave them an insane amount of evidence to prove the things I was saying. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then she ended up tweeting it out and Matt Walsh did as well. And that's kind of how my story started to get known. Mm -hmm. Well, very inspirational, sad, but I don't know. I look at you and I think, you know what, you're going to, you're going to do it. You're going to make sure that your son um, is raised properly with your um, great input and being a dad. So how do people help you? Is there, is that give, send, go still uh, up and running? Uh, to save Sawyer? Well, first of all, thank save you. So for, help save Sawyer, <laughs> I should that. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for saying that about me. And I am going to do it. And then I am going to save him. But yeah. I, I have a give, send, go. It's give, send, go slash saving Sawyer. So people can donate there and help you on your next journey here as a dad to get your boy yeah. in your home and be a full, full-time parent um, as best as we can. Wow. Um, I don't know what to say, Harrison, except uh, Godspeed to you. And thank you for being a voice because we say this all the time, right? If someone shares their story, it inspires someone else in a very powerful way because uh, courage is contagious. It really is. It is. So never yeah. give up. Keep fighting. Times now we're saving kids. Yeah. This is the moment in history where we turn it around. Right. Who would have ever as long thought as we like actually do something? Yeah. Who would have ever thought that this would become a battle um, gender for, with our kids from parent to parent, but the most basic, beautiful reality that oh. is so apparent to everybody. Yeah. Like the differences between men and women are like the most beautiful thing about life. It's right. Just heartbreaking that people are hurting kids. Right. And I, you know, like I said, other interviews I've done, it's just, it destroys the soul when we confuse a child on their very essence on who God created them to be. So you give that boy a hug for us and um, we'll be praying for you and thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for being an inspiration. Um, this is something and, and uh, we just appreciate it because the story is so important for moms and dads all across the country. Thank you so much. Thanks, Harrison. Again, thank you, Harrison, for sharing your story. And we're praying for you and for moms and dads all across the country that are dealing with this same issue. Uh, again, if you know someone that is having this situation happen in their family, go ahead, share this podcast with them. I think it will be very inspiring uh, and very encouraging. Uh, parents are taking a stand all across this country. Also, I want to mention here that we do have other uh, podcasts re related to this issue, Parental Rights and gender confusion. We also have a gender confusion booklet and a parental rights booklet on our website, which is momsforamerica.us. Go ahead, get that information. It is a great resource and will help you if you are in this journey with your kids and your family. Uh, again, Moms for America is here to help. Uh, when you do go to our website, you'll find all this great information there, helpful resources. I do always remind everyone about the cottage meetings. That is our signature program. It's the 12 Lessons of Liberty, um, how to teach that to your kids and affect your community in a powerful way.
momsamerica.us. We are here to help you moms on your journey through motherhood. I say this every week that you moms, you are the heartbeat of your home. You're the heartbeat of America and liberty begins in your home and you are fighting for your kids and you're fighting for our country. Um, so keep strong and keep focused and keep doing what you're doing. No one else is more powerful than a mama in their home with their children. Uh, go ahead and uh, join the movement, momsforamerica.us. And I always say this every week, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.